0: Dan and Ashley. Um, they're going to introduce themselves because they decided. I, I decided I was going to give them the big, big build-up. And they decided they were so humble, they didn't want the big build-up. Um, so I'm going to let them introduce themselves.
1: There you go. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. There's a bit of a funny story about that. I won't go into it too much, but we've had some, some train wrecks of introductions while, <laughs> along the way in life. Um, Steve has... Who appreciated Steve's worship? Come on. So um steve's our worship coordinator we so catch the fire ministries um obviously you guys are partners in harvest church we're really excited about being in a in a part of our family our wider family but catch the fire um we have a number of different hats in the uk but catch the fire ministries is what we and actually have the privilege of running in the uk and we're basically set up as an organization to go and equip and empower and encourage the local church um and so doing stuff like this or doing small conferences like um, around the country, doing mission trips, doing work in, in prisons, stuff like that. So that's what we do. But um, we, Steve has, I don't know how managed this, but has been introduced in about five or six different names in the past year. People seem to not find a single syllable name very easy. Um, and we've been introduced as things that are very inaccurate, like I got introduced as Heidi Baker's personal bodyguard. Um, <laughs> Which has got less fact in it than truth by a massive margin. Um and so we just figured in life it's easier just to be us and, and introduce ourselves as that. But um I just felt really laid on my heart, Ashley is gonna do the, the the main bulk of the of of the message this morning. Um I've learned very quickly as a husband that, that when God speaks to my wife, I should shut up and let her talk. Because um, I'm very good at talking, but it's not necessarily always what you want to hear. Um, whereas Ashley's very good at saying what God has put on her heart. So we're going to that. But I wanted to encourage her. Ashley's going to be talking about waking up. And, and as during worship and, and just then as, as you were sharing as well, I just, I just got overwhelmed by the need to encourage you guys about what God is doing in the world. At the, at the moment, I was, um, I was reading, reading, I like reading statistics about the church, church growth, church history. And um, they reckon at the moment, on average in the world, every second, two people become a Christian. How cool is that? And, and of that, too, about 10 people every second have access to the gospel. That's amazing. And, and you know, there's there's countries like... Um, like Indonesia, which was believed to be the most Islamic nation on the planet, is now 45% recognized Christian. You know, that, that's amazing. In, um, in Iran, the underground church is now over 6 million people. We've got an amazing, amazing contact for a guy um, who, whose dad set up the Iranian underground church. And we've had some privilege to do some ministry with those guys. And, and just that is such a radical place of, of what God is doing in the world. But also, I was just reading. This morning, a, a survey has been done in Japan, which was believed to be the um, about 99% Buddhist and 1% Shintoism, which is an ancient Japanese uh, religion where basically they worshipped the president of Japan as if he was a god. And, um, and so Japan has been historically a very unchristian nation. And and they've just recently done a survey, which has come out of 6% of the population recognising Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, which is incredible, incredible facts. But even more than that, of that 6%, Um, they did a a survey of young people as well, so between the age of 10 and 18. And it came out that 7% in that bracket recognized Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And I can't think of a nation on the planet where the the teenage grouping would represent a larger body of Christianity than the the adult grouping in the world. That's really exciting, because that's a generation who are raising up and going to change that culture in a radical way. So I just want to encourage you guys with some of that this morning. Why? Because it's time for us to realize that we're not on the back foot. You know, there's nothing scriptural about being on the back foot. There's two options, really. It's going forward or standing. Paul talks about standing. He doesn't talk about going backwards at all. There's never a time in our faith when we're meant to be knocked back or pushed backwards. And so I just want to encourage you guys this morning. You are part of a huge family that is filling the world with the glory of God. And it's really exciting. It's really important that we remember that. Because when we're living our daily lives, sometimes it's easy to forget that. Because some of us work in contexts that are pretty non-Christian. I have a great privilege of being full-time in the ministry. And so my my bubble is very much Christian. Whereas Ashley, works, she works full-time as a social worker. And so she works predominantly with Muslim and Hindu families. And so it's a very different atmosphere for her to be working in. But it's important for us to remind ourselves what God is doing.
0: Fab. And now we'll get to it. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, this is a bit of a journey writing this um, it was quite interesting. You know when you think you've got a plan, and then I don't know if any of you have seen, there's this like caption that's been floating around on Facebook and it's of a little kid going down a roller coaster and he's like, ah! And it says, when God says, I have a plan for you. And I was like, ooh, when I was writing this talk, because I was just like, you know, Jesus, like you're putting something in me, which is really exciting right now, but it's a little bit scary. So I'm going to hold on because it's a last minute um, kind of whirlwind preach that he's put inside of me to release today, which I'm really, really excited for, and um, for what's going to happen, for what's going to be unlocked and for the, the things that people are going to grab of of and walk out of this place with to use in the, ki- in the kingdom and in the world. So if you want to come with me to Romans 8, 18 and 19. I've hmm. been reading a lot of Romans recently and I'm just loving it. So it says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which will be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. And so what I felt that God really wanted to talk about today was about the revealing of the sons of God, the revealing of the daughters, revealing of the sons. We are all sons because we get the inheritance and we claim it first. But for girls, we are also daughters. And for men, you are also the bride. So we can get over the, the labeling of genders. But we are the sons and daughters and the and the world is waiting to to see us to be revealed in all. In our glory, that he would be glorified himself. <sighs> do you know, the, I, I, I get this excitement every time I wake up in the morning. Because do you know, I'm like, <gasps> one day closer to Jesus, coming. You know, yesterday was not the same as today. And we are one step closer. We are one day closer. You know, from when we woke up this morning, we are a couple of hours closer to when he's returning. We don't know when that's going to be. We don't know when that's going to happen or what that's going to look like. But all we know is that it's one day closer. It's one hour closer. It's one minute closer. And I get so excited about that each and every morning. Because when he comes and when he's coming back, He's waiting for us to be revealed. When we're revealed, we bring him glory. And when, when we're revealed, it's going to be the time when he's coming. And he's going to be here and he's going to change everything. And he's going to spin the world on its head and he's, it's going to be the most glorious time. But what we need to do as sons and as daughters is wake up and that's really what this message is about today it's about the waking up so that we can be revealed so that we can be seen so that we can be known in this world god was talking to me a lot about when we're asleep we we're in a state of unconsciousness subconsciousness you know we're we're blind we're passive Things can happen to us that we're unaware of because we're, we're not there. We're not awakened. We're not active. We're ineffective. You know, we don't have a, a purpose unless God is using us in our sleep, of course, um, and, and giving us dreams and giving us visions in our sleep. But apart from that, we're slumbering. We're in a place and a state of... Uh, of just almost just a gentleness of non-existence, you know. He's, he's waiting for us to wake up, wake up, wake up. And he was talking to me about he's wanting to rise us up because he doesn't want us to be asleep. You know, there are so many times in the Bible where there's a the, the cry to awake, Awake, awake. You know, Deborah in, in Judges, she stirred herself. And, I, you know, when she was going into battle, and, and I just imagine she slapped a hand on her stomach and she was speaking to her spirit and she was like, awake, awake. She needed to stir herself. She wasn't necessarily in a state of physical slumber and not necessarily in a state of spiritual slumber but she knew that there needed to be more of an awakening within her there needed to be more of a stirring within her that would take her to higher places that would take her faith to new levels that she would be stirred to do the things of the kingdom to do what God had put inside of her you know when we're asleep we can't do that we can't be awake to do the things that he's asked us to do and we can't even put a hand on our stomach and stir ourselves up to be able to do the stuff that he's asked us to do whatever is in our prophetic destiny whatever is in his heart for us and he was speaking to me about this in between state you know when we when we wake up we are awake but we're in this weird little half-awake, half-asleep place. And I quite like that place. I like to snooze. I <laughs> don't know if there's any other snoozers out there. But as soon as the alarm goes off, I'm like, 10 more minutes. <laughs> Another 10. And I keep going. Bless Dan's usually quite good at just getting up straight away. But I love that little button. It helps me out a lot. But what God was speaking to me about was when you're in that place of just awakening, it can be quite confusing. You know, particularly when you wake up in the morning and things might be dark around you and you, your eyes are still closed, but your consciousness is there. Even in those moments where you start to open your eyes, it may be dark around you. You might not be able to see, you might still be in a state of blindness fumbling around your bedroom. And I was speaking to Dan um, about a time when we went up to Aberdeen and Steve was with with us. It was really good fun. We went and did a conference up there to some um, little uh, vineyard churches, house churches. It was so much fun. And we were staying with this incredible family, um, just a wonderful heart for God. And they had three adorable children. And we were, me and Dan were in this kind of, lounge bedroom study place and it had one door to enter and it had glass doors which went into another section of the house and I just remember waking up and I was so confused about where I am. I was like, I knew it wasn't my home but I didn't know where I was and this was like probably about 3am in the morning and it was absolutely pitch black and I got out of bed because I was like, I really need the toilet and I have no idea where it was and I was just fumbling around and they went, smack into the wall. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's not what I was expecting. But I didn't have a clue where I was. And I had to fumble my way, feeling against this wall, hoping that I wasn't going to trip up over anything. And I was slow on my feet. And eventually, I found the door handle. And I was like, yes, freedom, opened it, hall light on, happy days. But it was that moment where there was just so much confusion. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know, I didn't have information coming into me. And it's in these times where yes, we're awake, but we still don't know what's going on. We haven't, we haven't engaged the rest of us to be in a, a conscious, awakeful state of rising up. And in those places, fear can really take a grip. You know, it's dark. We're, we're confused. We don't know where we're going. We're not in familiar territory. And fear can really take a grip in those moments because we feel lost and we don't know what's going on. And we look to the next thing that light switch. Bing! I've arisen. I can see and I'm okay. And you know, that's something that we have to move through these different states of awakeness, these different states, you know. Some of us will have areas in our lives that will be fully asleep. And that's not what, I'm not criticizing that, I'm just saying it's all a journey you know we're all at different stages and that's okay because God walks with us through each of those different areas but there have definitely been places in my life where i have been asleep where i have not known the power of my voice where i have not used the power of my voice where i have not spoken up for people who needed to be to be have their arms raised up where i've not used my voice to Prophesy to their spirits and call them back to life where i 've not used my voice to protect people, but as God has been awakening me i 've gone from this state of slumber into a state of awakeness where I kind of I knew I had to do something, I knew I had to say something, but I just wasn 't sure what i wasn't sure what God wanted for me. And it was only until those moments where I moved into a state of being arisen, there's a difference there. There's a difference from being awake where you're lying in bed, having your nice little lie in, snoozing that button. to when you've got up and got out of bed and you're busy and you're active and you're doing your bits, you're brushing your teeth, you're doing your hair, you're getting ready for the day, you're having your breakfast, you're sorting the kids out, you're active then. You're moving. You're doing something. You've got energy. You've got movement. You've got forcefulness. You're creating. You're interacting. There's cause and effect. There's things in flow and things in movement, and that is what God is looking for. You know, I, I was having a, a bit of a, a giggle with God about it because me and Dan, um, we don't have children yet, so we're really thankful for for Sunday and Saturday lions, um, but we know that when we do have children, bless them if they have Dan's energy, but they will be wildfires and they'll be running around and they'll be screaming and they'll be into everything and they'll be paint up the walls and there'll be food in their hair and, you know. Because that is Dan's, well, not that you get food in your hair. I tend to do that. Long hair makes it quite difficult. Sometimes definitely got beans in them yesterday. Did wash my hair, though. Um, but, yeah, like, we know kids have so much energy. And I know, Sarah, you've just become a mom, and that's super exciting. But I bet you you're thinking, when I hear them cry, and they're up, and I know there's got to be activity, there's going to be movement, and you and you have to do something. And I know we often, um, when we stayed with um, Dan's family, and they have little or kids and you hear them and they're like No, 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 knock on the door if you're lucky. And if not, it just gets thrown open and you're like, oh, no. But you know what? That is the the exciting bit. Kids know who they are. They know they have authority in that place. They're like, boom, door open. Here I am. And they want to play. They want to interact. They've got that cause and effect going on. They're like, come and play with me. I know who I am. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. I'm your nephew. I'm your niece. And they come in and they're bold with it. And you know, parents, I imagine there's some of you and they're just like, oh, don't, I can hear the pattering, I can hear the pattering, and you know it's coming. But that's the exciting bit. You don't want to just be awake in the kingdom. You want to be arisen in the kingdom. You want to have force to be reckoned with. And you know, we, we often hear of this thing about the intercessor's prayer, where you're like, do you know what, when, when I get up and I'm going to do my intercessor's prayer, and I'm going to put my feet on the ground. And I can tell you, I want that devil to be shaking because he's thinking, oh, she's arisen. She's awake. Like, I want him to get nervous every time I wake up in the morning because I'm like, bam, my foot's on that ground. My prayers are going up and there's going to be business done in the kingdom today. And you know, that's what we need to get excited for. We're not just awake. We're not just lying there hitting that snooze button over and over. Boom, up we rise. Yup. I know who I am, I know my authority, I know who my dad is. Boom, that door's open. Hi, what's what we going to do today? What fun we going to have today, God? You know, that's the exciting thing and that's what, that's what he wants us to, to look for. And you know, I was even looking at Luke 10 verse 19. Where, where he's talking about, you know, we have been given the authority to stamp on the heads of serpents. And you notice know, so every time I put my foot down, bam, I'm stamping on the heads of the serpent because I'm not going to have any serpents try and crawl up. I'm not going to let them take grip and I'm not going to let them have authority in the place where I'm standing because that's my place, that's my domain under the kingdom of heaven, bringing in the kingdom of heaven with me. And so that's what I'm going to bring every time I awake but I arise and boom, authority comes. And why does it come? It comes because I know who I am. It comes because I know that I am a daughter, that I am a son and I am being revealed back to Romans for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God every morning I want to be revealed as a son of God every morning I want to be revealed ready and waiting as a son to do the work of my father to be your eyes God to be your ears God to be your hands to be your feet to be your mouthpiece God that is my heart that is my cry that wherever I go I would take the kingdom with me the authority. And power of the kingdom of heaven with me. and it's you know it says the creation earnestly and eagerly, I reckon, expects us to us to be revealed. You know, I, I was chatting with God about this, and a lot of scholars will talk about the creation as in the world. And that is completely accurate and completely factual. But I was like, God, I was like, we're your created beings also. Like, you created us. You, you brought us from the dust. You breathed life into me. You molded me. You fashioned me. And you made me yours. I am your created being also. And I was just chatting with God. And I was like, God, I was like, creation is everything, Absolutely everything. Do you know there are, there are people out there in the world who are waiting for you to arise. They're waiting for you. They need you. They don't want you to be slumbering. They don't want you to be in this awake half slumber place. They want you to be awake and risen. They need you to be awake and arisen for them because without you, They might not know Jesus. They might not be called into greater things, into greater levels of faith. They might be waiting for a word from you. You know, there are so many people, as Dan was saying, we've got Christianity on the rise, which is so good. But, you know, that still means there are people yet who still need to know Jesus. There are still people out there who need to know his love. You know, like what Heather was saying, there are people with learning disabilities and physical disabilities who might not have had the opportunity to come to church because of that, who need to know who he is. And and he needs all of us, each and every one of us, to be revealed. There are parts of my heart, as I said before, that were in slumber and that they're now awake. And I know there's probably still parts of my heart that are in slumber where I've closed the doors and haven't yet unlocked them. You know, as I said, we're all, we're all creeping along that journey. But you know, the biggest difference that I see around me is where the biggest size, the the deepest, the darkest bits that were locked when they've been open cause the biggest impact. You know, the bits that we, we don't want to awake because we're scared or we're worried about it. The, the parts where the enemy tries to convince us that we can't awake that bit because it would be too hard or it would be too much for us, or it would be too painful, or people don't want that bit to be opened. But that's the part where you will have the biggest impact. I was looking at Lazarus. There's the song at the moment, Um, You Came, Lazarus by Helsers. If you haven't heard it, please listen to it. I weep every single time I hear it. It's absolutely fantastic. I'm hoping Steve will learn it. Do I get commitment? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Win. Um, (laughs) You've heard it, people. (laughs) One way to get what I want. Yeah. But, you know, Lazarus, he was he was dead. He was not just sleeping. He was dead. There was, there was nothing about him that was coming back in the natural. You know, he was absolutely gone. He'd been there for four days. He was wrapped up. He was stinking. You know, rigor mortis would have set in. It would just have been, you know, I don't even know how people would have had the faith after four days um, for, for, to think, yeah, Lazarus will, will arise and he'll come. But you know what? Jesus said, come forth you know and as he spoke those words Lazarus would have heard them somewhere wherever he was his spirit would have heard those words and his body with his spirit arose again you know i'm i'm looking to hear the words come forth from jesus into the places of my heart that have been closed Because when I hear them, I know there's going to be resurrection life. I know there's going to be restoration to the Father. And I know there's going to be a powerful move waiting there. And how do I know that? Because, you know, when Lazarus rose, I bet you, 80 years, 100 years on, people were probably still going, do you remember Lazarus? Or well, I, I can imagine little kids running around being, look at old man Lazarus. Like, do you remember he, or did you hear? He was the one who died for four days and Jesus rose him from the dead. You know, his legacy from, from his death to his, his rising would have been huge. It would have, been, it would have had the biggest impact. So many people would have heard it and themselves arisen up. Because they heard the testimony and they would have said, I want that. I'm having that. No longer am I going to be sleeping, but I want what he's got. You know, the story of Lazarus gives us hope. You know, it gives us hope and it makes me think, gosh, God, what legacy do I want to leave behind? What do I want to have people saying about me as part of my life as I've been here on this earth? Years later, people saying, do you know... Look at that Ashley Davison. Do you remember her? Do you remember what happened? Do you remember what she did? Because that's a story for each and every one of us. If we will allow God to wake us up from our slumber, and when we say yes to him calling us forth and calling our name. So there's a cry in our hearts that we need to echo to him that says, Yes, I am willing. I know you are willing, Jesus. I am willing also. I am willing to arise. I am willing to be awoken to your great almighty love, to your great almighty power. I am willing. And I lay it down to you, God, no matter how scary that may be. You know, in in summer, we were in Jersey, which is my home, which is where I'm from. Um, Beautiful little island, I I love it so much. And we went back and we went to the beach in one's with a couple of our friends for the day and um, there were people from England and people from Jersey and the Jersey people were like, oh no, we don't wanna go in the sea. (laughs) They weren't bothered. They see the beach all the time. I think they're used to it. But even me having been away for four years, I was like, I wanna go in. And so all the English lot, we put on our swimming costumes and uh, we ran down and some of you will know, Hannah and um, Danji and they were running, they were running and they just went full power into that water. And you know, they went in and the first little bits were fine up to their ankles, not a problem. Then came up to their waist. And do you know, have, have you been in the sea when it's that cold and it gets to your waist and you go, <gasps> and you're like, oh, oh, oh I, I'm, I'm awake. I'm definitely awake because I'm feeling it. It's so cold. And you, you have that moment where you're like, okay, I can either go back and I can go back just to my ankles and I can go and have a nice paddle and it's all safe. And it's nice and I can feel the heat of the sun on me. Or you get the choice to go further in. You get the choice to go head deep, dunking your head in under that ice cold water and being fully submerged and fully awake. Because when you dip yourself into water like that, you know you, there is every single part of you that feels it. There is not one part of you that doesn't. You become awake, you become alive. And Ezekiel 47 talks about that. You know, it talks about the release of the river. It talks about going in ankle deep. <sighs> okay, this feels all right. I'm a bit awake. I'm a bit arisen. I've put my toe in. Whoop, see? But actually, it calls us to step in and step in and step in until we're waist deep, until we're under completely submerged over our heads abandoned in his river abandoned in his love abandoned in his mercy abandoned in his grace abandoned in his power his goodness all the things that the river brings and you know that's that's the point that I want to I want to bring today it's the choice that you have today the choice do you want to wake up do you want to arise because as the river flows in this place today, you have a choice. You have a moment of choice to say, yeah, I want that. I don't want to be sleeping. I want to be fully submerged in that river. I want to be awake with everything that I have. And I want to be swimming. I want to be laughing. I want to be playing. I want to, you know, I had this picture once of, of me and Jesus. And we ran off the cliff and we bombed into the river. And there was a big splash. And do you know, he wants that. He wants the joy. He wants to play with you in it. He wants to be like, come on, let's go further in. Let's see who can race. We want to be awake in the river. Who wants that today? I know I do. You know, I want to be awake and I just wanna do a quick declaration before I hand over to Dan if you wanna if you wanna be that today, if you wanna be awake today in the river, I'm gonna ask you to be bold, and this might not be for everybody, so you have permission to stay seated if you don't feel it's for you, but if it is for you, would you stand? And if you just want to repeat after me. Father, I choose to be awoken today. I choose to give you access to every part of my heart. I ask, would you breathe your breath of life onto each part? Causing it to awaken and to arise. I choose to hear your voice calling me. I choose to see your face and let fear turn to faith. I choose to arise today. And why don't you just turn to your neighbor? Open your eyes, turn to your neighbor and say, Are you awake? and why don't you turn to your other neighbor on the other side who you ignored before and why don't you say you're awake
1: (laughs) amazing so so here's the deal the good news with all of this is that god does not expect you to to be awakened going around life on your own accord he's not going to leave you alone it's um Things, R. Kelly song, which is really terrible. That I'm going to reference an R. Kelly song, but um, "You Are Not Alone." Is that no? that's Michael Jackson. That's all right. I can reference Michael Jackson with no shame whatsoever. I just won't dance for you, Michael Jackson. You are not alone. I'm here with you. And now the next line isn't what God's saying, but you are not alone. And and this is the cool thing about God is that actually He, all He needs is your permission. Actually, the rest of it is Him. The rest of it is His is His plan. Actually, started in Romans eight before and. Now, and I love this. with Romans 8, it's, the whole of creation is waiting and groaning. In the, in the King, New King James, it says, with birth pangs. That's not, that's not a picture of a, of a peaceful thing. And I, I'm, not, I'm not saying this is the case, but I'd like to kind of suggest to you at the moment, there's a bit of birth pains going on in the world at the moment. You know, you just have to look at the news over the last fortnight to know that actually there's something going on in the world that feels a little bit uncomfortable right now. You know, there's things kicking off left, right, and center. We've just been on, on holiday in in Kefalonia, and, which is amazing. And, and actually talking about jumping into the sea, actually, like um, there's a moment where, as a, as a picture for you that really helps me with this stuff, is we, we could have missed out on a lot by just paddling on the beach. And actually, all well, the beaches there are pebbles, so it's really not that nice to paddle, to be honest with you. The quicker you get into the water, the quicker you don't hurt your feet on the pebbles. But there was this moment where we were out on a boat, and we could have jumped into the sea, and gone snorkeling, and it's like, for me, the only one thing in my life I've ever been afraid of, ever, is the sea. It's far bigger, far stronger, far more powerful than me, and I feel a little bit insecure, which I think is quite wise in that setting, but the concept of jumping into the sea off of a boat in the past would have been the thing I would not have wanted to do least, but um, I've been learning to listen to God, and I've said this prayer that Ashley's got you to pray being awakened, and I felt like God told me, he was like, you're going to see some fun stuff today, I've got some surprises for you. And so we jump into the sea and we get our flippers on and we're snorkeling around and it's great. And, um, and you know, that's great when you're on the surface looking down because you're still a little bit in control. But I felt like God said to, I literally, this very rarely happens to me, but intersecting thought from the Holy Spirit saying, look to your left and get ready to dive. And I was like, okay, I can do this. Look to my left. And there's this shadowy figure going along. And I was like, ooh, that's exciting. Um, and it was a turtle, how amazing is that? And so I got to dive down, and we all of us started chasing this turtle, and it was really exciting. It's about the size of my torso, this thing's shell. It was, it was quite big, it was quite exciting. It's so funny, we were with Stu and Chloe, and Stu was, Stu was like, oh, that's not a very big one. I was like, it's crazy, this is a massive turtle in my mind. This thing's huge, but, you know, getting to dive down and swim in this thing, and just instantly, my concept of breathing, my concept of being in the sea, my concept of everything shifted, because I was just like, I was amazed. I was just following this thing, just going, oh, this is so cool. This is amazing. And it's like that with God when you're awakened. Actually, you just have to be ready to say yes. And then he does the rest. And it's, it just becomes this journey of, of excitement and, and journeying with him. And Romans 8, it says this statement in verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. And and there's something incredibly important I want you to grasp hold of this morning in this journey of being awakened is it isn't about firstly you creating an atmosphere for God to be welcome into. I think sometimes as Christians we get this idea we're like, okay, we're awakened, we're going to take the world by storm, we're going to make it safe for Jesus to come and so we're going to do all the hard work and then we'll turn around and say, it's okay now, Jesus, you can come in. I've done it all. I've set the foundations. I've put in the perimeter, perimeter fence. And, and we're standing all very proud of our chest puffed up going, we've done a, a good job of breaking down the principalities and powers today. Jesus has already done all that stuff. He's not wanting us to waste our time doing things he already did 2,000 years ago. He's wanting us to get excited about seeing him come through us. Because actually, you can't go anywhere without him. There's that amazing um, "That's My King" Dr. S.M. Lockeridge um, thing where he goes through and he says, "You can't get you off, you can't get him off your hands. You can't get him out of your head. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. He has become so much part of you that the the ability to separate you from him is impossible, and the ability for him to do anything without you is impossible because he needs you. And so the flip side is: first of all, we need to stop trying to do everything for Jesus." because he wants in but equally we need to stop trying to think that we're not necessary for Jesus to function because he needs something to do it with and there's these two things we have to grasp hold of in creation is that you're worth dying for so therefore you being humble crumble worm theology saying I'm not worth anything is actually saying to Jesus what was the point of you dying on the cross which sounds extreme but actually you were worth dying for and, you know, we look, at, we look at the world and we look at history and we think, oh, there's so many amazing Christians, I can't possibly be like them. But the only reason that we look at them and say they're amazing is because they chose to say yes to Jesus. And they allowed him to take the reins. And so I want to encourage you that it's not just about being awakened, but it's about recognizing what's within you. Because there's glory within you. In Colossians, I'm going to do a very quick paraphrase, but in Colossians 2, it says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I was I was asking God about this the other day and and it's Christ in you. And the word hope, we've ruined the word hope as English people. Um because we kind of go, I really hope I'm gonna get this, or I hope that happens, as a kind of statement of, I don't really think it's gonna happen, and it's probably high likelihood it's not gonna happen. And as a nice British person, I'm gonna kind of protect myself with this kind of pseudo-passive hope-filled existence of negativity, um, which isn't healthy culturally, but unfortunately we have it. We need to push it off of ourselves. Um, And we kind of go, oh, I hope that Jesus is going to be glorified through me. But if you look at the original Greek of that word, it means the assurance or expectation of glory. And so to rephrase that in Colossians, it's saying Christ is in you, the expectation of his name being glorified. He's not in you for any reason as he wants out of you but not to leave you, but to remain in you and show off himself to the world, that he might be glorified. And it's not just for the Smith Wigglesworths or the John Wesley's or the Benny Hins or the John Arnott's or the Bill Johnson's or whoever your favorite person in the Christian body may be. Jesus wants out of you in every area of your life. And so it says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And that's awesome because we go, okay, amazing. I'm a Christian, I'm awakened. I'm revealed, and I have Christ in me. This is getting really good. But then he says something else as well. It says, if you read on in Colossians 2, it says the fullness of the deity resides in Christ Jesus. So if you work this backwards a little bit, Christ is in you, expecting his name to be glorified. And Christ is the fullness of the Godhead. And he's within you. Everything of who God is, Everything of his nature, everything of his power, everything of his creativity is within you. Are you feeling a little bit encouraged? Are you feeling a little bit like, oh, maybe, maybe this isn't about, about what I've got to give. Maybe this is about who I can just house within me, where I can stand, where I can sit, where I can be. And then and even more than that, if you read in Matthew 28, just before the Great Commission, Jesus himself says to the disciples, all authority, where? In heaven, and on earth, has been given to me. And so think of it for a second. You are a newly awakened, revealed Christian, full of excitement and joy, ready to jump straight into the river. But not only that, you have Christ within you, the expectation of the glorification of his name. And within him is the fullness of the deity, everything of all the power of heaven and on earth, within him, and the authority to use that power. That's a game changer. Because that means it's not just Dan walking into into a shop, Dan walking down the street, Dan living his life, driving his car. It's Dan slash Holy Spirit slash Father God slash Jesus doing all these things. And they're desperate to get out because the most important thing to remember is the only person who's capable of stopping God is me in that scenario. Because he's ready to go. He's chomping at the bit. He's like an excitable puppy ready to go. He's like, come on, let's go and touch everything. He's not, he's not a discriminate God. It says, it says in the Great Commission that he's made disciples of all nations. His heart is not discriminant. He is completely indiscriminate. He reaches out to all. It's, we're the ones who often filter where God wants to go based on our issues, our, our, our discriminations, our thoughts, our feelings, our, our comforts. It's time to stop being comfortable in ourselves and start being comfortable in him. It's not our own skin anymore. It's his skin. And his skin was scarred. His skin was stripped. His blood was shed for every single person. It's time to be awakened. What happens when you're awakened and you start to expect him to move? Things happen. When We start realizing that we need to present him in a better way. I am um, I say this glibly because it's quite funny, but I was walking down the street the other day and I was, in fact, I was walking to our school of ministry to teach our students about evangelism. And I was teaching them about how they have a story and they have a testimony and how they can change the world on their own and how they can reveal Christ and all this kind of stuff. And as I'm walking down the street, I'm walking down and I can see this really angry, aggressive, scary-looking person walking towards me until I realized it was my reflection in a shop window. And... And I was like, oh no, <laughs> what am I doing revealing Christ to the world walking around the street like this? And like that's apparently my thinking face, which means I need to change the way I think. And I need to learn to look joyful. But actually, you know, we have a, an evangelism team in our church. And one time they went out on the market and that week they felt Holy Spirit said to them to just smile. That's all they did. They're like, our evangelism strategy is very deep, very theological, very biblically founded. This week, we're not going to say a single word to anybody. We're not going to try and initiate anything. We're just going to smile. You would not believe, I don't know what it's like in Cambridge, but in Wembley, smiling is a very short commodity in this world. It's like talking on a tube. You'll get kicked out of the tube if you do that. Um, but we went out on the streets and we smiled at people. And people were like, why are you happy? And that open conversation. So like, well, we're very happy because it's Christmas today. Like, but it's not Christmas. And we're like, well, every day is Jesus' birthday for us. Such a great line. I love that. We're going, we're going to Costa. Stew, stew buys. We'll go into a Costa. And literally, by our church, there's a Costa coffee opposite where we meet in a school hall. And they'll walk in. And literally, at the top of his voice, and he's got a very loud voice, we'll go, coffee's on me. Who's in? And I was like, is this guy for real? This is. We're trying to ignore the rest of the world and not encounter people. And he says, and then people are like, why are you doing this? He's like, happy Christmas. No. I'm like, this guy's a bit weird. But then they start to capture a little bit of the joy of heaven. And then people get blown away. They're like, why would you do this? And it's like, because I've encountered love. And, and you start to do conversations with people like that. You know, you might end up getting to pray for someone. Another thing to realize when you're awakened and when you have the fullness of the deity residing within you, you can actually hear his voice because he's not a quiet God. I may be talkative, but I can tell you something. The Psalms confirm that God is more talkative than me because it says his thoughts towards you outnumber the grains of sand. It doesn't say in a handful, in a bucket, it says all of them. Every bit of glass in this building has got sand in it. Every bit of cement has got sand in it. There's a lot of sand in this place. There's a lot of sand in the world. And his thoughts are just like this over you. And they're edifying, encouraging, uplifting, good thoughts. He's talkative. We just need to learn to listen. But if he's gonna be talking, it means we're gonna start doing stuff. We were um at the Parsons and Harvest conference that's just about to happen again in Colliers Wood should go. It's great. There you go, there's your plug. I'll be happy. Um, but we were down in Collegewood last year, and on the way back, we were driving back in our van, and had one of our team girl called Santa with us, and driving in the van, and um, you know, it's really I love my wife very dearly, but I get away of things a lot more when she's not around me, and so things like finishing a conference and thinking I really want ice cream, usually the response would be you don't need ice cream. I don't think I've ever needed ice cream ever in my life. I don't think there's a single person on the planet who's ever needed ice cream. That's not the point of it. The point is that I wanted it, and Ashley wasn't there to tell me no. So we were like, let's go and get ice cream. So we went, we went to all the McFlurries, because they're the best ice cream you can get at midnight, unfortunately. Um, and So we went into the drive-thru, and as we are going, I felt, again, a little intersection from God saying, do you want to have some fun? I was like, I love when God starts things off like that with me, because that makes me more likely to say yes. It's almost like he's tricking me, because at first he says, do you want to have some fun? And I don't realise until I'm doing it that he's actually expecting me to talk to someone. And so no, there's no fear of man when I want to have fun. So I'm like, yeah, this is going to be great. And I'm like, wait a second. Yeah, I know what you're up to. If you'd said to me, I wanted to go and speak to that person, I would never have said yes to that, God. And um, so he's like, do you want to have some fun? I was like, yes. He's like, okay, I want you to ask my Holy Spirit, what it is that I want to release over the person who's going to be serving you on the drive-thru. I was like, okay, cool, let's do this. So we're all very spiritual and we're like, okay, what is it, God? And I just, I got the words left ear, I was like, okay, cool, I can go with that, that's simple. Um, so we pull up, we order our McFlows through the machine, pull up to the window, and there's this, there's this lad there, and um, I'm like, look, this is really bizarre, but I'm a Christian, I feel like God talks to me, um, I'm not a crazy person, but I feel like God said to me that there's something wrong you your left ear. And he just went... And I was like, oh, this is that's a good sign. Either he's freaking out the fact that I'm talking to him about this stuff, or he's freaking out that I've said something about his ear. But it's a good sign. And um and so so he was like, Yeah, I um I'm basically deaf in my left ear. He's like, I don't know if you noticed, but when he pulled up, I had to take off my headset because I had the speaker on my right ear. And when I take the orders, I listen to the orders, and when a person pulls up to the window, I take off the headset so I can hear what they're saying. I was like, I did notice that. Well, there's good news for you. I don't believe God's cruel. I believe he's actually a really good God. And so I believe that if he's going to tell me there's something wrong with your ear, he's going to do something about it. And and so if you're up for it, we're going to do something very... I keep on kicking this bottle. I need to stop. I'm going to be right there. Um if it's okay with you, I don't want you to think this is about me. I want you to think it's about God. And so I'm going to get you to say a prayer. I'm not going to say it myself. Um, and then it just, and then if something happens, great. If not, I will, I'll leave you to your, to your evening. He's like, he's like yeah, he was like, but I don't believe. And I was like, that's cool. I've got that a bit covered. That's fine. I believe I can believe for you. That's cool. We can do that. And so I just gone to say this prayer that we've learned from um, a couple who, are, who are in Nashville, Alan, Alan, Alan and AJ Smith. and um, And, it goes something like this. This healing belongs to me because of what Jesus has done. I receive my healing now in Jesus' name. So he said it, and then he was, again, the same phase. I was like, That's, what's going on? And he um, and he was like, my ear feels really hot, which confused me at first because I've never been aware of the temperature of my ears. Ever. I don't know. Like, you all sat there thinking, are oh, my ears hot or cold? Like, a little bit cold. Um I was like, my ear's gone really hot. And then he suddenly jumped out of his skin, because Santa had been talking to me this whole time, but it was really dark, so you couldn't see her on the other side of the van. And um, and he jumped out of his skin, because suddenly he heard Santa talking, because he hadn't been able to hear her at that point. And so he's, suddenly his hearing comes, and he's like, he's freaking out. There's cars beeping behind us, because they're like, we want our takeaway. Why are you blocking the drive-through? What's going on? And, um, and so I kind of just like, in a very random moment of brashness, was like, he was like, I'm sorry you got to move because the cars are beeping. I was like, it's fine. and I just kind of threw my business card at him. I was like, God bless you and went on my way. Um, why did I tell you that? Because Jesus is inside you, but he wants out. And he's got everything you need for you to be able to exist in a way that's going to change the world around you. All you have to do is say yes. You've already done the first bit. By saying that prayer, Ashley got you to say of being awakened. But are you willing to let God change your daily life? Are you willing to be inconvenienced in a worldly sense to see Him come out of you? Because that's all He wants to know. And it's going to be really fun. It's going to be a good journey because you're not alone. You have the fullness of heaven within, sight, within you. So when you just look at your hands for a second, there's this word in the scriptures that's called dunamis, which talks about the power of God. And it's the root word of the word dynamite. And when you think for a second, would you use dynamite to do a fine piece of artwork? No, you use dynamite to make a massive difference in what something looks like. And you've got dynamite, and the scripture says, in your hands. These are weapons of mass destruction to the kingdom of darkness. All you got to do is say yes. Are you ready? so what we're going to do, because it's time that I stop talking before I ruin anything, or tell some terrible jokes. I'm not as funny as I think I am. Um, what we're going to do is we're just going to activate you, but really this is, where, this is where the landing point is, is that ultimately there's not really a, a massive ministry time we can do for this in this moment, because really it's you making a choice. And um, I wanna encourage you, we've got a, a statement which I on one level fundamentally disagree with it, but on the other level really love that we we use in Catch fall London, which is fall flat on your face. The reason I fundamentally disagree with it is that I don't want to be pursuing failure in my walk with God, I wanna be pursuing victory. But we kinda of have a bit of a thing where we have made a bit of a joker in now where actually we're saying to people, oh yeah, I just fell flat on my face today with, with a situation where I, I stepped out but it kind of did not go to plan, and um you know those things happen, but it's actually you can make you can have a lot of fun with that kind of stuff. You can have a lot of joy in seeing yourself completely get it wrong when God tells you to do something. but as long as you're carrying that joy, it talks about having a tender heart in Ephesians and I think tender heartedness is joy in its nature if you're not walking down the street making yourself jump by your reflection like I did but you're walking down the street getting excited because you can see someone who's full of love and joy and peace and righteousness and all those good things of the Holy Spirit coming towards you, then actually, if you get it wrong, it's cool because you've still got your training wheels on. But if you get it right, your day's going to feel a lot different. Quickest way to make your day feel better is to allow God to do something through you. So why don't you stand up, if you can. And I'm just gonna why don't you just in your own way respond to Jesus right now? Because there's too many, there's too many times in my life, and I imagine in many people in this room where we've made responses to to God feeling very, very full of good things and encouragement and assuredness in our hearts. So yeah, God, this is the day. This is the day where I'm gonna become that radical minister and there's going to be every single day I'm going to see someone set free and saved and healed and delivered and sozoed and, and we make these deals with God where, where we set ourselves up for failure because we say it's all of me everything I'm not going to go to work tomorrow because I'm going to be too busy leading revival on the streets of Cambridge and, and we make these grandiose statements don't we and so I don't want to do that right now what I want us to simply do in our own words in our own way is let a yes come up out of your heart Because you see, there might be fear in saying yes. There might be concern in saying yes. There might be questions like, am I too young, too old, too tall, too short, too fat, too thin, too... And we disqualify ourselves. But actually, you have a story. And the very thing where the enemy would try to disqualify you is the very thing that qualifies you to talk into someone's life. Your story... Your life, your experience, your testimony qualifies you to set other people free. Because I can't tell your story like you can. I can't be encouraged by your story like you can. And so, why don't you let those disqualifications that have come up in your heart start to twist and spin and be shaped by the Holy Spirit into a mantle? into a calling, into a mandate. And as you allow him to turn those disqualifications into qualifications. And you allow that yes to come up in your heart. I mean, it's in Philippians, it says that we with unveiled faces, we've been unveiled today. Like a husband unveils his bride on a wedding day to see the beauty of the one he's going to behold for the rest of his days. You've been unveiled so that the world can see the beauty of Jesus shining through you. So Holy Spirit, I ask right now, that you'd bring that exchange from disqualified to qualified. And right now in the name of Jesus, I silence the lies of the enemy in every heart in this room and every heart represented in this room that God, you would give us faith, hope and boldness and courage in our story in our destiny in our truth that we would know that we can change the world around us that we would know that every day can be a good day in you that we would know that we want to be fully immersed into your presence awake, alive, aware and seeing the world become more like you God because we want into what you're doing in the world and God, I ask you would you give every single person in this room an impartation of courage right now. That we would cease to let the world happen at us, but we would join with you happening to the world. So I'm going to pray something, and if you're ready to pray this, then pray it with me. But Father God, I'm ready I'm awakened I'm unveiled and I'm excited you have my yes so would you help me to recognize my qualification to jump straight in and to see the world around me set free healed delivered, rescued and completely transformed in Jesus name Amen